You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. We are so, so glad to be here. And Pastor Jason, I, I can't, uh, I just can't say enough about Pastor Jason. I'll talk about him in a minute. But also, uh, uh, is uh, Brother Selleck here? David Selleck? Okay. David Selleck is here as well. And Brother David, he, uh, he founded a, an Assembly of God church back in, I believe, 1952. It was the early 50s. When he came and started preaching on the street corners down in Morgantown and uh, uh, Fayette and in that area. And uh, there was an Assembly of God work here till the mid-60s. And then there was that gap. And Frank Linton. Uh, how many of you are interested in history? How many of you hate history? I, I, I'm going to bore you to death for the next two minutes. And anyway, Pastor Frank Linton had a group of people from Uniontown, and they wanted to replant. And that's when the invitation was extended to brother and sister Pogi, and the the work of God began here in 1979. And and you know, Paul said, "One man waters, one man plants, another man waters." God gets the credit. God gets the increase. And so we're co-laborers, aren't we? We all have our peace. And you have your peace in the puzzle, in the will of God as it unfolds here in Uniontown in Fayette County. I shared last night, I love Fayette County. I know that sometimes people, I've heard Fayette Nam, you ever heard that? And, and there's this sense of derision. You know how, how that works. No matter where you are, there's always that place. Out in central Pennsylvania, it's called Perry County. And, and it's got that sense about it. But I'll tell you what, Fayette County is a great place to be. Amen. This is a great place. I love this place. And, and, I've, and I'm shocked at how young you all have stayed. I'm shocked you all look the same. I think that what you need to do is go over to the Ock, bottle that water, and sell it for $5 a bottle. You have found the fountain of youth. Wonderful to be here. Pastor Jason and our, my paths crossed a number of years ago. We were looking for a youth pastor. I called the, uh, the district office and said to Doug Sayers, Doug, I need a youth pastor. You got anybody in the hopper? And he said, I can't believe it. There's this guy. His name is Jason Lamer. This guy is a gem. I can't believe no one has snapped him up. And I says, because God has him for me. But we talked to Jason and invited, and, and we, we, it was camp. Robin was at camp. I had, the, I had uh, uh, Benjamin with me, and you had the other two kids, uh, Becca and uh, Donnie, were with Robin at, at kids' camp. And so I was going to uh, interview Jason, uh, Pastor Jason, and I said, meet me at such and such a hotel. Um, there's a pool there for my son. And uh, uh, that's where we can just meet and, and get to know each other. And so he came, and, and uh, I'm sitting in the lobby reading a newspaper, and uh, Jason comes through, and Jason, Pastor Jason, thought I was the son. He said, man, that's kind of weird. This guy has an old son like this, you know, needs a pool to entertain him. That's just, that's just precious, isn't it? And I've often said, Pastor Jason, when he came to us as our youth pastor, he was ready out of the box. No assembly required. There is an integrity. And it was obvious from day one. There's an integrity about this 
young man. It's tough when 35 is a young man. Are you 35 yet? Oh, yeah, you're getting old, dude. (laughs) So it's great to be. Pastor Jason and Jody and their family, wonderful, wonderful folks. And it's a delight to share the Word of God, and we better get to it. Would you please turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 9. And would you be so kind as to stand as we honor God's Word and its reading this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. And I'm reading from the New International Version this morning. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted. Would you say that with me? Be devoted. Would you look at your neighbor and point at them and tell them, be devoted. Okay? Be devoted to what? Well, here it is. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Lord, this morning as we look into your word, I pray that your word will come into our heart and change us. I pray that, Lord, you will make the necessary adjustments in our, in our heart, in our lives, in our attitudes, and in our practices. I pray that your word will be quick and powerful this morning. Cut us apart. Please do so kindly. Convict us. When we fall short, encourage us when we succeed. And we'll give you all the glory, all the credit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I have to confess I'm a little nervous this morning. It's just different. And I said to Robin, as we were getting ready this morning, I said, I'm nervous. She said, honey, preach the word. And keep it short. <laughs> you, you know, you wonder sometimes what pastors' wives are like. Well, that's it. You may not know it, but your pastor's wife may be your best friend. <laughs> so this sermon is simple. Two points. First of all, I want to talk about being devoted to spiritual fruit. Let's look for a second at devotions produce. How many of you have heard of the produce department? Hang out there a little bit. Why do they call it that? Why do they call it the produce department? It's because healthy plants, healthy trees produce fruit and vegetables and the good stuff. You'll pay for it. You don't mind that. It's the produce. You know that our lives need to bear produce God didn't just call us to sit on our blessed assurance. He wants us to do something with the faith that we've embraced. It ought to produce something from us. 
In Matthew chapter 7, verses 17 through 20, here's Jesus' spin on it. He said, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. The fruit that is being produced, all of our lives are producing something. Is it good or bad? And Jesus said, we'll be, we'll be recognized by what we produce. I love the, uh, the life story of Benjamin Franklin. I read a biography, actually listened to a biography on Audible a number of months back. And, um, you know, Ben Franklin, he, he was a master statesman, a writer, a publisher, an inventor. He produced a tremendous amount of inv- inventions. Uh, the, 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 the results of his life, fantastic. And Ben Franklin, something that I didn't know about Ben Franklin, uh, really until I had read his biography, was that Ben Franklin focused on 13 what he called virtues. And he listed these virtues... They were his life values. They weren't necessarily religious. They were just his highest values, and he dedicated himself to focusing on one of these virtues every week for the rest of his life. be interesting to know what Ben Franklin's virtues were. Here they are. Temperance. Silence. He, he said, you shouldn't talk unless you have something to say. Interesting virtue. Order resolution, what you purpose to do, do it. Frugality, that's not a high virtue in our culture today. We're spend, 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 and when you run out of money to spend, you get some credit. And you spend some more until you're almost in bankruptcy. Ben Franklin's virtues were different. He wanted to spend as little as possible and save as much as possible. Frugality, industry, Always be busy doing something of purpose. I don't think Ben Franklin would have spent a lot of time in front of the TV. Sincerity, justice, moderation, cleanliness, tranquility, chastity, and humility. His humility was the last thing he added to his list. He gave his list to a friend to review, and his friend, knowing Ben Franklin, said, There is something that's missing. And he said, what's that? He said, humility. And so Ben Franklin added that to his list, and he added in the, in the notes, imitate Jesus and Socrates. Interesting combination. Franklin wrote these core values down and concentrated on one a week for the rest of his life. Let me ask you this morning, friend, how would it affect our witness our relationships, our church, our life. If we reviewed the nine fruit of the Spirit and focused on one every day or every week, you know the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. What would it be like if we listed those and said, this week I'm working on faithfulness? This week, I'm working on patience. That's everybody's favorite. 
As soon as you start working on patience. Let me, let me give you a little hint. In my life, if you ever see me at Walmart, and I happen to be in the shortest line, do yourself a favor. Get in another line. There could be a line with eight people to my left, a line with seven people to my right, and a line with one person in front of me, and I will watch the seventh person check out before me. It's God's way of producing in my life patience. There in this passage that we've just read, I don't know that Paul intentionally, but it was just part of the fabric of his writing. It was part of the leading of the Holy Spirit inspiring him. But there are five of the nine fruit alluded to in this passage. I want to look at five fruits or five focuses of devoted believers. Look at your neighbor and tell them, be devoted. Look, at, uh, look to the other side and come on, say it with gusto. Be devoted. I want you to take your finger and point at yourself and talk to yourself right now. Be devoted. Amen? Here are these five, five fruits that are alluded to here. First of all is love. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. When we first came to Faith Assembly those many years ago, there was a, there was a little bit of disconnect. The church had gone through a pretty rough season. And we were, we were rather coming into Faith Assembly at the low point where it was rebounding. Uh, quite a number of people had left the church in anger at that point. We won't go into those kinds of details. If you were here at that time, I, I hope and I pray that you've been healed. But we noticed that there was a little bit of a disconnect. And Robin and I prayerfully considered how can we how can we get folks connecting to each other? And so that became our prayer focus and our habit focus. And you know what was a beautiful thing? All glory to God. We started to see it only took a week for the gears to catch. Introducing people to new people coming in the door. And, and at that time it seemed like everybody's name was Don. It was a 50-50 chance. If you didn't know somebody's name, just call them Don. And I happened to be one of them. There was Don Vall and Don Smith and Don Miller and Don Immel and Don Jr. Don, 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 Don. And so we started, and people started getting introduced to one another. And it was a wonderful thing. And you know, the, the greatest compliment, the greatest compliment that we ever heard at Faith Assembly, not about facilities, not about this, that, or the other thing. You know what the greatest compliment was? When people would come in and say, I feel loved here. I, I, we heard it time and time again. We feel love here. Be devoted to one another in brotherly, brotherly love. There's an attitude of love that is identified in this passage where it says, honor one another above yourselves. Doesn't that cut across the grain of our humanity? Honor one another. Uh, don't we all go through times where we're saying, hey, what about me? When's it my turn? I'm always giving. When's it my... Have you ever felt like that? How many of you have ever held a pity party and you were the only one who came? (laughs) 
honor is a part of love. I'll tell you uh, a little insight I received uh, a few years back is uh, the, the people, I know this is going to sound horrible. How do I say this and make myself look better? <laughs> oh, let's, we're, we're all in this morning, okay? The people that I don't get along with in life, I've noticed that there's, I don't, I don't respect something. I know you're probably saying, you don't get along with somebody? It happens. It happens. Part of loving is honoring and respecting other people. I'll never forget when Robin and I were dating. We, we started dating. We started dating almost 40 years ago. And we're still dating today. We're going to get married next year. <laughs> We've been married 33 years. And, 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 but we dated since we were 14, 15 years old. And uh, uh, shortly after that, I, was, I turned 16. And, and we used to be cut-ups. The boys that hung out, we'd cut each other up and insult one another. And it was a game. You know, you're so fat. You know, things like that. And, and so I was kind of liking Robin, and I thought I'd include her in the club. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get it, you get it. And so, and so I, did, I did this one, there were these sayings that were going around at the time, I'm not going to go back there. But, but I, and, and Robin looked at me, and she said to me, if you would like to continue seeing me, you will stop that. Hello? I stopped. It's something that really made me admire Robin as she respected herself. And she demanded the same of me. I was just horsing around. I lost my horse right then. That was enough. Here in the Bible, it's, it's saying if we're going to be devoted to love... We have to honor each other, elevate other people, bump them up, give them an attaboy, put your arm around them, give them a pat on the back, honor one another. That's the attitude of love. The actions of love are found in verse 13. Share with God's people who are in need. And folks, there will come a time for everyone in the room when you'll be in need. I'm not just talking about material need. Sometimes it's not material needs that we have. It's, it's emotional needs. It's relational needs. There are times where we all feel lonely, where we feel down, where we feel beat up. There are times every one of us will have a turn in the line. And, and what, what, what the Bible is telling us to do is to be devoted enough. And friends, let me, let me encourage you. I, I, obviously, I've become disconnected with the church over these years. But um, uh, where was I going to go with that? You ha- there it is. You have to know one another to love one another. And so if you come in late and leave early and never come at any of the functions, you're going to be disconnected. You'll be out on that outer fringe. If you never get involved in service, one of the best ways to get to know people is serve with them. 
and, and vice versa. We have this real tendency when we come to church and we see, oh, I love you, man. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how you been? And we get into our conversations and we get into our groups. And our groups in the world, that's called clicks. And I think clicks are okay. I do. Well, why is it? It's because it clicks. We click because we have a lot in common. And the relationship clicks. Here's the deal, though. Open your click. Open it up. Open your circle. Look around and find somebody. I have a test for you. Ready for this? He brings a test. I have a test for you. Think for a moment. In the last six months, within the framework of this church body, within the last six months, how many new people have you connected with? And by connected, I don't mean just shaking hands. That's introductory. But I mean had a conversation. You learned something about them, about their job, or about their family, about their, about their presence, uh, their present or their history. You've learned something new about them. That's how, that's how we grow in relationship, isn't it? We open our lives and we share our lives. How many new people have you connected with in the last six months? Can you think of one? Can you think of two that you've had into your home? Oh, my goodness. Into my home? Do you really mean that? Well, you know, the Bible happens to say, practice hospitality. What does that mean? I think it means you have people over. And let's get over the nonsense that you have to get your house in such an order that you can make the cover of good housekeeping. Let's face it, no one lives like that. It's a show. People live in their homes. Now you might want to pick the underwear up off the floor. I get that. (laughs) What are we talking about this morning? We're talking about devotion. Be devoted to one another. In brotherly love. Share with one another. Share your stuff, your food, your time. You don't have to have steak. Bring people over and share Dunkin' Donuts with them. I think Dunkin' Donuts are of God. <laughs> share hospitality. But why is that? Because it's a, it's a door that opens into relationship. The first fruit that's mentioned is love. The second fruit that is mentioned is joy. Be joyful in hope. How many of you know joy is a choice? It doesn't just happen. I understand it comes naturally to some people. Uh, For others, it, it may have to be worked on. I get that. But allow joy to come into your life. If you're a a, a depressive person, and some people are just, they're just wired that way. I get that. I understand. But you can talk to yourself. How many of you talk to yourself? Tell me you do, because I'm afraid it's just me. Robin will look over at me. Sometimes we're driving, and she'll see my lips moving. She says, who are you talking to? And I'll say, if you were in the conversation, I'd have invited you. (laughs) Oh, I get embarrassed because she catches me. I talk to myself. Talk to yourself about being joyful. You can get up in the morning and say, today's going to be the most joyful day I've ever had. 
And then Satan unloads his cannons on you. And you say, well, I'm going to be joyful anyway. So there. I choose to be joyful. I can't control circumstances, but I can control me. Joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. That's another fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Patience. We tend to get frustrated, angry, irritable in afflictions. We want things to hurry up and change for the better. The child of God trusts the sovereignty of God. Everything happens for a purpose. Paradox. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time. Paradox. I spent four hours Friday afternoon in a tree stand with my crossbow. There were deer everywhere. It was cool. They weren't close enough to shoot. But I, I let a couple go by. They were just a little bit outside. and They, they weren't the, the, my pick. And, and then there were turkey that came by. 20 yards away. That's called poaching. They're not in season, but I didn't shoot one. And so all afternoon, I'm watching this game. And it's like being, it's like watching the Discovery Channel. I'm enjoying myself. But I didn't get a deer. So I go back and pick Robin up, and we go to Outback Steakhouse. That's God. (laughs) Down in Morgantown, and we're heading back to Uniontown. I got a deer. Stupid animal, I'm telling you. We're going 65 miles an hour, and there they are, in slow motion. And your brain can only think so fast, and you're like, okay, uh, can I make it between them? Can I go around? And I thought I saw a trailer on the one at the left, so I'm gonna, it's not good to do that. And so I, they're almost a whole car length apart, and bam! Oh, well. Knocks out my headlight, a little bit of damage. And I have a choice in that moment. My choice is to get angry and bitter or frustrated. I did. (laughs) But then I turned to Robin. I said, I'm sorry. That was completely unnecessary. Stupid deer. (laughs) I got out so I could drag the carcass off the road. (laughs) Unfortunately, I hit her in the head and she was still kicking and... It was, oh, yeah, 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 it's a deer. <laughs> so I have a chain in the bed of my truck, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it around her because I'm not going to grab her by the hoof. She'd kick me. Oh, no, I won't, I won't. Okay, I'll stop. She's, she's, she's right. The point that I'm making is I concluded standing along the side of that road that I was having a better day than that dough. That was my conclusion. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Okay. Fourth fruit, faithfulness. We're told to be faithful in prayer. Hey, folks, do you want to see God take you to a place you've never been before? You can't do it without God. We have to talk to him. And we have to be silent enough in his presence so that he can talk to us. You see, it's a two-way conversation. Remember the old song, And he walks with me and he talks with me. Not if you're talking the whole time. Sometimes we have to shut up. We have to be still. 
and know that he's God. But all of that to say, here's the fruit of faithfulness. God wants us to be faithful in everything. He wants us to be faithful in our relationships, faithful to our commitments, faithful to our walk with him, faithful to our church. Can you say amen? amen. He wants us to be faithful in our relationship with him. The fifth, oh, I got to tell this story. I just read it. This guy, his name is Miguel, down in Argentina, he buys his son a dog, Capitan. They have this dog for a couple of years, and the father passed away, and the dog ran away. A couple of days later, they went to visit the grave of the father who passed away, and there was the dog laying on the grave. That dog went to that grave and laid on that grave every day for six years. Takes a dog to give us a picture of faithfulness. Let's be faithful to God. And let's be faithful to one another. Be devoted and then finally, and I, I, I'm, I'm, this is as far as we're going to get this morning. Goodness is also mentioned. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. It's not a message that you're going to hear on television very often. But God is calling us to holiness. Holiness, righteousness, goodness are still part of the Christian's vocabulary. If we're going to be devoted, and, and, and friends, hard days are in front of the church. I believe there will be an outpouring of God's Spirit in these last days. I believe that many will come to salvation. But I believe also that because of the wickedness of that day, the love of many will grow cold. Today we live in a day where what is good is shown as evil. And what is evil in God's word and as expressed in the scriptures is being called good. And persecution is going to visit the church as a result of this. Nevertheless, be devoted. Be devoted to God. Be devoted to His Word. I refuse to allow culture to dictate my religion. I will not allow it. I will read the Word of God. I will pray the Word of God. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I will live the Word of God. Until this body is placed in the ground and my spirit goes to be with Jesus. And if he so desires to come first, I'm rooting for that. But I'm not going to compromise. And on, on so many fronts today, the church has been called upon to compromise. The late night comedians have a field day making a, a, a donkey out of, out of conservative people. Let them have their day. There's another day coming. There's another day coming. Be devoted. 
Uh, let me just reference my second point, and that's devoted to the fullness of the Spirit. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, faithful in prayer. Oh, let that be the commentary of our life. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come at this time, and we're going to close. But I want to call on you this morning. Friend, as we celebrate 35 years of God's faithfulness, why don't we celebrate God's faithfulness by reciprocating with our faithfulness? Why don't we say, God, you've been good to me. May I be good to you? God has been kind. And he calls upon us here to be devoted. And the essence of this scripture, it, it, it flows so well with a great command. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourself. And this morning, I want, to, I want to challenge you. How's it going in your devotion? I'm not talking about having devotions. I'm talking about being devoted. How's that going in your life? How are the fruit of the Spirit growing in your life? Love. Do you love more now than you did when you first got saved? Maybe that's your challenge. Joy. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand the difficulties I've faced. We all face difficulties, my friend. And you're right, I don't understand yours, nor do you understand mine. But I know this. Jesus said, my joy I give to you. And if he can give me joy when he's facing his cross, then I can accept his joy if I'm facing mine. How are you doing? Let's bow and pray. Our Lord and our God, we look to you this morning and ask, please help us to be fully devoted to you, to your purpose. Help us to love one another just like you've commanded. Help us, Lord, to never lose our spiritual fervor. We can only do that if we remain faithful in relationship with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I know that this has not been what we call a salvation or a come to Jesus kind of a message. But I know that sometimes people come to the house of worship on a Sunday and they come looking to get right with God. Maybe that's the case with you today. Maybe you've come to church today saying, I need something. I need something more. I need to connect with God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I'm not right with God today. I feel a disconnect, but I, I want to get close to Him. I want to be made right with God. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. Would you pray with me? If that's you today, would you slip your hand up and then write back down again and we'll pray with you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Are there others? Pastor, that's me. I need to make that connection with the Lord today. Here's my hand. Include me with these who have raised their hand. Today's my day. Today's my day. I want to be right with the Lord. Are there any others? With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, these two who have raised your hand, would you just make eye contact with me for a second? I want to talk just to you. Hey, God bless you. I'm so glad you raised your hand. We're going to pray a prayer of invitation where we're just going to ask the Lord, 
Come into my heart. Come into my life. Make everything right. And I'm going to lead in this prayer. The congregation is going to join with us. And if you'd pray this prayer, be sincere. It's between you and God. My words have no magic about them. It's your faith that makes the difference. It's what Jesus has done for you makes all the difference. Let's pray it together. Congregation, would you join me? Dear Lord, my heart is open. I realize there's a gap between me and you. Please forgive me for my failings, my sins. Come into my life. Make me to be person you want me to be. And with your help, I'll live for you. I'll walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, church? And those of you who raised your hand, I'd like, I'd just love the opportunity to, to chat with you for a few seconds here after the service. So I hope that you'll come and let me shake your hand and congratulate you personally. The worship team's going to lead us in this song that says, Jesus at the center of it all. Do you want to be devoted? I've learned this. Every day of my life, I have to have a come to, come to Jesus meeting. Because the world's pulling me. The devil is pulling me. My flesh is pulling me. That's three against one. But then there's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they're greater than all of those other three. So this morning as our act of worship before we leave this place, let's invite Him. Let's make this commitment. Jesus be the center. Go ahead, please. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.